Welcome to the Evoke Inspire podcast with me, Sarah Jane Tobin, proudly sponsored by hermoney.ie. Hermoney is your trusted partner in financial empowerment, catering specifically to professional and self-employed women. Join us as we dive into inspiring stories of entrepreneurship, personal growth, and the world of finance. Hermoney.ie's mission is to provide women with the knowledge, tools, and confidence to thrive financially and in life. This week, I'm joined by fitness guru Tara Grimes, who recognized the lack of knowledge and support there was around menopause. She decided to dedicate her life and career to giving women the tools to take back control of their lives. As her business has grown to incredible success, she's also changed the lives of thousands of women all over the world. Uh, First off, Tara, thank you so much for coming in to talk to Inspire today about your career and why you do what you do. It's fascinating for people like me, but I don't think just women are interested in what you do. Can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day life and what it is? So what I do is I pretty much, in a nutshell, try to help women regain back their confidence, their self-esteem, their body, give them help and direction with their nutrition and try to inject that wee bit of vitality back into their lives that I think a lot of women lose when they hit their 40s or peri, perimenopausal, menopausal years. Mm-hmm. They tend to grow up, get their job, have kids, you know, and, and they lose a little bit of themselves. Yeah. And I think it comes from a lack of looking after themselves and putting themselves as a priority. Um, I think, thank goodness, Irish society has now evolved mm-hmm. and women are starting to invest in themselves again and reach out for professional help to you know, start to feel good again. Ultimately, they reach out to me because they want that feeling. They want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And that starts from their body. It starts from how they, they feel in terms of their body and how they look. Yeah. And I mean, your own career, we were just talking off air, like you've transitioned yourself since you, uh, you're you now in your 50s. But when you were in your 40s, you had a transitional moment yourself. And did that have something to do with the fact that you were kind of getting to that certain stage in life where you were a little bit unsure? Or is it just... 100%. Yeah. I think... You know, every bit of growth that I've ever had in my life has come from failure. Mm -hmm. It has come from not feeling good about myself, um, changes in my life, having kids. And again, you know, struggling with the same struggles that everybody else has. I've always been involved in sport. Um, I was a competitive athlete, you know, as as a young person. Um, So I was always into fitness, but really, really struggled. And particularly into my 30s and 40s with my own weight. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I was able to, you know, I was expending so much energy as you do when you're younger. And we lived in the generation where, you know, we actually played outside. Mm -hmm. And as I said, our our society has evolved so much. So 30s, you have kids and it's like, wow, this 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 isn't working anymore. I, I know. It's, it, it's such a, and it's it kind of happens, not that it happens overnight. It doesn't happen overnight, but you do feel like a different person all of a sudden. And it's quite, it's quite hard getting to, to know that stranger, looking back at you in the mirror and to kind of feel any sort of relation to her or any sort of kind of, I don't know, empathy towards her, isn't it? Yeah. That kind of way. And I think for me as well, you know, I'm a very straightforward black and white person. Mm. Um, I'm extremely empathetic, you know, with clients because I've been through it. But at some stage you have to, first of all, I always say self-acceptance before self-improvement. You mm-hmm. have to accept, okay, I got myself into this position. I've got myself into this shape. Yes, I've had a few kids, but that really had nothing to do with what I put into my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I decided to... Um, you know, yes, to to drink that wine. And at some stage, you have to take responsibility. And I do believe we're all responsible. And I also believe that sometimes we need help and guidance and support to take us to a place that we can't get to on our own. And 
And um, and I suppose I've been that place of support for women and it's become my professional career now and I've been able to help women all over the world. So tell me a little bit about the kind of clients that you've been working with. Um, you know, as you said yourself there, like it's a lot about taking responsibility and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, how do you encourage people to do that kind of thing? Well, I think when people reach out to me, they're in a place of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, they've probably tried. They've had peri- perimenopause, menopause. And, you know, a lot of the buzzwords out there tend to almost let people validate the fact and give themselves permission to use the menopause and the change in in your life as to why maybe you've gained weight, you're not fit, you know, you're not feeling great. Um, But actually, very little, you know, as an evidence-based practitioner, very little is attributed to your actual hormones. Yes, there are changes. And I think it's the changes in people's, their their sleep, um, the changes in the drop in their their main hormones like estrogen, the vasomotor symptoms that it brings with it. It's that lack of sleep, the hot flushes, Mm. maybe the the emotional sort of change in our behaviour that tends us to have different behaviours around food. Mm. And we know from research that it is very little to do with the hormones and mostly to do with our lifestyle. And as we get older, we move less, you know, Things like simple things like neat movement every day, steps decreases as mm. we get older. And we also we get to a place in our life where and I think society has completely changed where we're eating out more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we fall into a place where maybe our kids are reared. We have a little more, more um, disposable income. We want to dine out. We yeah. want to have a glass of wine. And, you know, it almost becomes like a solace for people. It's like a, a self-soothing thing. And it becomes a habit very, very quickly, unbeknownst to yourselves, SJ, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, and as you said, it's not something that happens in, you know, six months. It's a small accumulation of a pound, maybe half a pound every month over two or three years. Or even in some cases, I have clients reach out to me and say, well, you know, my God, I went to put on my white jeans today and they fitted me last summer and they don't fit me today. And I think we've all been that person. (laughs) Yeah. And, And, you know, it's a small accumulation. But ultimately, the bottom line is that person doesn't feel good. It affects mm. them mentally. It affects their, their, their mental health. It affects their mood, their positivity, their confidence. And it stops them from participating in life. Mm. They hide the house hatch. They don't want to go out because maybe they don't want their friends to think, oh, my God, your woman's let herself go. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, and that's that's the reality of it so and you have that kind of coupled in as well with all the other kind of aging symptoms like you know the wrinkles the fine (laughs) lines the graying hair and stuff like that and you're grasping at the youthful you know everything's going (laughs) south and we have no problem going to our you know our our beauty uh, you know aesthetics clinic and and getting our botox and getting our skin Mm. conditions but I think people realize now at some stage they have to reach out, reach out to professionals mm-hmm. to help them and guide them and handhold them through the everyday challenges that they maybe used food for, as a self-soothing thing yeah. or fall into bad habits, SJ, with their diet, become a wee bit sloppy with their diet, become, you know, um, a wee bit apathetic around their movement. Um, and they need somebody to guide them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we have no problem investing in getting our kids private lessons for this, that and the other. But a lot of mummies and a lot of Irish women won't invest in themselves because they don't deem themselves worthy enough. I think, you know, just bringing it back a minute just for for the men out there who are listening in today mm-hmm. and just trying to get them on, on track to understand what exactly it is menopause is and what exactly per- perimenopause is and how, how it can impact the women in their lives. I mean, is there something that men can be doing that can, you know, make that more 
easier for us, I suppose, to transition. Well, thank goodness. I think, first of all, you know, every newsfeed, you know, everything that's served up to me now on Instagram or Facebook, um, you know, when I click onto or I actually... I still love reading newspapers, hard copies. Yes. I love reading my Sunday mags. You know, <laughs> and I still do that. It's all menopause. And Davina McCall was pivotal in bringing the whole thing back mm. into the public forum again and got people talking. And men are probably, you know, scundered to the teeth of us women talking about menopause. But, and my husband, I was doing a talk recently, and my husband, who, who works with us, um, he was in, he was actually the only man there. And he was sitting in the front. <laughs> oh, fair place. I was sitting, he was nearly rolled into a ball. He was dying with embarrassment. He was the only man there. But I thought, no, you sit there and you listen yeah. to us because this is really important. And he was shocked. He was shocked. He didn't realise. You know, when you have people of authority, when you have consultants, when you have endocrinologists, when you have people discussing the change in hormones, that this is real. It's not just a notion to us. Yeah. You know, and I think in years gone by, and especially my mum, you know, she going, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I just sailed through. You know, I, nobody talked about the stuff they're talking. Just get on with it, you know. Yeah. But get on with it. You're I think grand. that's a real Irish attitude, It isn't really it? is. For my mother, you know, her attitude was, nobody ever talked about it. Everybody went through the changes. I didn't even know I went through it. I probably did. Nobody talked about it. We didn't give it energy. Mm. We just had to get on with it. In those days, there was no poor me. Woe was me. You know, my yes. hormones. I've got hot sweats. You just wiped your forehead and away you went. And... <laughs> In a way, there's something good about that. But it also, you know, I, I do believe that today's society has just brought so many different challenges mentally mm. for a lot of women. And I do believe a lot of us around the mental health aspect. Yesterday, yes. You know, a lot of women, they, they struggle. They really, really struggle. And I'm being presented every day and with more and more clients who are struggling mentally, you know. And they just, you know, I, I think there's so much pressure on women out there today. Mm. You know, there's so much pressure and we, we're being served up these unreal um, images of these perfect women with perfect careers, these influencers who seem to be able to battle it, you know, yeah. do it all and, and still look amazing. And that is so derogatory, I do believe. It's so derogatory. And I keep having to emphasize to my clients, live your own life. Get off social media, you know, yeah. enjoy every moment. Please stop looking at this. This is not real. I think that's something that we've covered off a few times on this bar. Mm -hmm. The impact social media has had on yes. society, oh particularly goodness, like yeah. even in the last five years, it's made a massive difference. And I think for the likes of menopause, it's been really useful in the sense that it's it's brought it, like as you said, with Davina McCall and stuff. And it's actually brought it to men's attention as well. Yes. But there again, there's the negative side where people are you're comparing yourself oh totally to a perfect image that's staged essentially totally and for me you know as a coach and as a nutritionist and as a personal trainer you know I'm very lucky I wouldn't even not know if nobody if there was if I was living in my mother's era mm. I'd be a bit like my mother I'm grand and honestly mm. you know and I also do see as a pattern and this is not definitive but you know the more women look after themselves if they are sleeping better if they're moving that wee bit more if they're taking time to prepare healthier meals their symptoms do become less problematic mm -hmm. and it is about changing your lifestyle and accepting responsibility and not falling into this hole called oh you feel shit because you've got the menopause or you're fat because you've the menopause yeah it's hold on a minute here what else is going on in my life Yes. That I have control over, that I can take responsibility. So for me, it's about having the empathy with women and understanding, yes, but at some stage, send them here, you know, if you're a victim, you're screwed. You, you, you can make changes here. You can help yourself. You don't have to feel like this. Mm -hmm. um, a lot, In a lot of cases, women come to me after thinking that HRT was going to be the be all and end all for them, that yeah. it was going to be the, you know, it's going to tick all the boxes and... 
and, and it's not. And, and they're like, I'm still fat. I still feel like <laughs> shit. I still not sleep. You know, this so there's is no awful. miracle pill. There's no it's, miracle it's pill. About you really taking accountability oh, it really and looking after yourself. And, and it's a culmination of those small little habits mm. that we don't even, we're not even aware of, that we've built up over time and become so subconscious to us. And then if somebody, you know, pontificating about, oh, menopause slows down your metabolism and makes you fat. So you think, happy days. I'll just, I'll just jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. And if can't you, help it. Yeah, can't help it. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, there has to be a cer- certain degree of self-responsibility as well. And, and I do, you know, because I see my clients and how much they struggle, I understand it. You know, I understand the science, the medicine, the, the hor- hormonal changes that happen. But I also believe that life's about choices. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm about getting these women up, dusting them off, taking responsibility, giving them the support they need around their diet, you know, almost projecting their image as to what they want to be, as mm. to what they think they should be. Because I think people think you get to 40, 50, you're do- gone, you're done. You know, mm. you have to wear crumpling skirts and have a wee curly perm like your granny <laughs> no, used to. And we're like, uh-uh. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't do that anymore. No. We don't fall into that camp. For me, it's about being the best version of yourself and living every day the way you want to live it because we can it's so life's so precious yeah I mean you're talking about support there and you know we we have briefly touched on on the men in our lives we'll come back to that in a second yeah. but employers and stuff like that I mean I think nowadays and it's, it's getting better we are seeing more women in the boardrooms we're seeing more women in politics we're seeing you know so we are like women are getting more our voices are getting louder we're getting more of a, an opportunity I suppose to really kind of back ourselves but is there is there things that can be done in the workplace for women who are going through the menopause like subtle changes is there anything that you would like to see employment employers change yeah I think as I talked there I touched on the vasomotor symptoms mm. around menopause and those are real SJ we know those are real and what exactly are they so your vasomotor symptoms are symptoms like um you know you can get heart palpitations mm. sleep disruption mm. which in turn really can cause a cascade effect on your hormones especially your appetite hormones yeah. which again you know when you're tired when you're grumpy, when you're having hot sweats, you're less likely to get up the day the next day and have health-seeking behaviours around food. You're less likely to be inclined and motivated to go out and do that walk or get those steps and or go to that for that workout. Um, so, it's it's the impact that the hormones have and the lack of sleep. So, uh, for for me, you know, when I work with clients again, and this could be something that you could replicate into the work. Like it's a long time since I've been in the corporate world, but, you know, as an employer of women, mm-hmm. you know, all my coaches are women. Um, I give them complete flexibility and I, I, we operate a system of push and pull yeah. on the days that you're feeling good, go for it. And then the days you don't feel so good, don't worry, because I know you're great. I know you're capable and I completely understand where you're coming from. And maybe that's a woman understanding a woman. But would, would a man understand that? I'm not so sure. You know, was it a get up and get on with it attitude? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and saying that, my husband and we have a son and three daughters. And, um, you know, there's no holds barred. As, as, uh, you know, we call a spade a spade. And, you know, there's taking the piss and then there's 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 the reality of women yes. who really struggle. And there's other women who need more support than others. There's no two ways about that. But I suppose when... You're paying somebody a wage and you employ somebody and you know the quality of their work. I think a little bit of empathy and understanding goes a long, long way. 
Yeah, so I think flexibility, I think that's a, that's a word that's kind of, I think particularly since the pandemic and, you know, stuff like working remotely and not having to commute to the office five days a week, that's kind of become the norm in a lot of businesses now. Um, and you think that could be really beneficial to... Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when, as an employer, mm. um, you know, understanding that when we get to our 40s and 50s, we're not just experiencing menopause issues. We also might be dealing with maybe parents who are older mm-hmm. and looking after them, caring sure, for them. Sure, it's that stage of life, Absolutely. Right? And yeah. like I know at the minute, lots of my friends are going through that. Lots of my clients are struggling with that. We also, our kids are teenagers and that presents a whole shit load bag of problems with sure it as well. Does, yes. As I always say, <laughs> when they're babies and you might be up with them two or three times in the middle of the night, enjoy it because yeah. then babies grow up and they're teenagers. They yes. go out with their friends at night and you don't know where they are. Whole different set of bulging. So you have not just your own emotions to deal with. Maybe your parents look after and then you have teenage kids who are so out. it's it's kind of it's it's not necessarily all just about the hormones it's about the stage of life absolutely really. absolutely there's so many different stages and, and and also I do believe you know to compound all of that you know a lot of women get to their 40s and 50s and they don't like their life didn't turn out what they expected mm. and a lot of women sit and they reevaluate their life and they look and they hit the big milestone birthdays like 40 and 50 and they go and a lot of women come to me like my life didn't turn out the way I, I thought yeah. it was going to you know and it's funny, I was at the event yesterday, um, you know, it was called From Puberty to Menopause. It was, you know, that navigating your hormones and Dr. Mary Ryan, who, you know, has been a stalwart in terms of women and supportive women who are going through this had mentioned that, you know, a lot of people present to her. And I see this as well, who they're holding down maybe high power careers, mm. you know, they're running their own, they're CEOs of their own business. They could be in two different times, three different time zones in one week with work. Yeah. They're maybe rearing three or four kids and they're married to a man and expects her to come in and have the dinner on every yeah. night at six o'clock and have the house cleaned, you know, and how can you do it as, all? As Mary said, bar drop kicking them, you know, <laughs> as much as you might want to sometimes, you know, she says like, come on. You know what? What's going on here, ladies? Stand up for yourself. Yeah, those days are gone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and as I always say, you will be treated the way you expect to be treated yourself. Yeah. And and you enable that behaviour if it starts that way. Then so you have to set up your whole environment for support. Mm-hmm. You have to say to your kids here, hold on a minute. You know, I'm not your slave. Pack the bloody dishwasher. You got to say to your husband, you make the feckin' dinner. You know. Mm-hmm. And I might go out and meet my friend for a coffee, but we don't do that because there's a certain level of expectation placed on us from our family, from our husband, from our work, and then on ourselves. Mm. And you have social media presenting these perfect influencers with beautiful hair, skinny bodies, style and amazing destinations. And mm. is it any wonder women feel like shit when they have a hot flush, maybe two stone heavier and they're looking going... How did I end up yeah, here? Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's sad. It really is. I, I think, you know, I, the cusp of the whole thing really is to the support system that you set up for yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. this is back to the accountability yeah. again yeah. Um, for yourself. Like what, in your opinion, would be the ideal support structure in, in an ideal world? Now, like if anyone has that out there, yeah. I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> yeah, so am I. But, you know, what would you what would you suggest people look for? 
you know, again, it's different horses for different courses. We're all completely different. And what one woman would think is amazing support wouldn't be wouldn't be enough for another woman, yeah. you know. And again, there's women out there who can be very precious of themselves and and expect everything to be done for them. And then there's women who do just take everything on and end up running their mental health into the ground. So for me, it's about finding the balance. It's about, first of all, asking yourself, what do I want? Mm. You know, I always ask my clients, tell me what you want. Tell me what how you want to feel, because it all starts with a feeling. How yeah. do you want to feel? How do you want to feel every morning when you wake up? You wake up, you check in with your body, because I think the first thing we do is we check in with ourselves. How am I feeling? Is it a stressful day? Do I have to take a kid somewhere? How do I feel in my body? You know, maybe you had a day the day, the day before and you maybe have overeaten. You mm-hmm. did a bit of emotional eating. You had too much chocolate. Maybe you had too much wine. You're not feeling so good about yourself. So you're starting the day off feeling pretty bad about yourself. Yeah. You know, that initial check in every day to me is so important. You know, do you get up every morning? Do you put on your clothes? Do you look in the mirror? And are you happy and accepting of who you are? And how you feel in your skin and your body, because that is something we can change, um, you know. And I do believe that you are a culmination of your thoughts, actions, and behaviors mm-hmm. to this moment in time. We are who we are because we've set it up that way. But I believe that women get to their forties and fifties, and they think, "Ah, frick it, sure, I've done it for this length of time. I might as well continue on and do it." And yeah. I'm the going, "No, you've got to re-establish a new pattern of behaviour around food, around movement, around your boundaries. What you're going to accept as a woman, mm-hmm. and how you want the rest of your life. You know, you've lived to forty. You've another forty years left. Let's make it a damn good one." Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest things for me when I turned forty was. I kind of felt an adjustment was needed in relation to, I suppose, my physical like well-being and stuff like that. Like I was always, you mentioned yourself there a moment ago saying that you were an athlete. Um, I was always a dancer. I was always quite active and stuff like that. Then I had my son and, you know, everything kind of took a back step. Yes. Um, but I had to try and reestablish my, but I wasn't able to kind of do what I used to. Did you find that you didn't have the discipline that you used to have when kind you were younger? Of, yeah, I did yeah. have the discipline, but like not, not so much that I didn't have the physical capabilities because yeah. I, I did get it back eventually. Yeah. But I didn't have the time. <laughs> and I didn't have the discipline. So like, yeah. I mean, how do you deal with your clients yeah. who are coming to you saying, I want to do this, but yeah. I don't think I can. Yeah. And uh, it comes down to the very simple concept of self-discipline, mm. you know, and, and your why, you know, you'll not apply discipline to something that you don't really want. You know, if someone's saying to me, I want to lose two stone, the first thing I ask them is why? Yeah. Why? And if their motivator is something that I feel is watery, and extrinsic like oh well I'm 50 in six months and I'm having a party and I want to fit into my size 12 dress Mm -hmm. that's not good enough for me you know when people come to me they're going to be committing to at least six months to a year they're going to get a complete overhaul and that's a realistic time frame six months to a year to overhaul because you're only feeding into the fatty short-term quick fix that inevitably will become unstuck You'll, you'll become unstuck very very quickly so it takes a while to get women who have got to the stage like you have got to 45 50 years of age through habits and behaviors that you do every day yeah. and you're not going to fix that even in six months mm. you know it's going to take a year most of my clients are with me one year plus right you know so realistically like I suppose they say if it, if it goes on in a month it'll it, or sorry if it comes off in a month it'll go back on yeah in a month. I think I asked you that the important thing is too to realize that you know you can't do this there's no clear zone to change your food mm-hmm. there's no clear zone that you have to stand cooking you know 
like the traditional Irish mommy, three meals a day, spuds, meat and veg. You know, it's not like that anymore. Thank goodness, you know, evidence based research around nutrition and diet. For me, it's about applying this and flexing it around people's lives and then not having to park their life to do that. So the reality is that most people don't cook anymore. You know, the days are gone where women are standing, peeling spuds and washing veg every Mm. night and putting on a spud, meat and veg dinner. That doesn't happen. Mm. It's usually calling into the local shop, the spa, the centre thing and Jesus, what am I going to make for dinner tonight? I'm grabbing and going. I always used to laugh. I used to spend a lot of time in Turkey over the years and uh, there was a lady who lived next door to us and she was from rural Ireland Uh and it didn't matter that it was 40 degree heat outside. At one o'clock every day, she'd have her, her boiled meat <laughs> and her potatoes Love and her spuds. And like the Turks used to think this was comical because she'd be going looking for a cabbage. I know. <laughs> I know. They I don't, know. cabbage wouldn't be, you know, as readily available over there as it would be here. But it was just so regimented. But, you know. know, thank God we actually have the capabilities and, and the, the opportunities and the palate. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of women don't. You know, and they don't know any different. And I think kids growing up are certainly not going mm. to know any different because it's monkey see, monkey do. And you do what your parents do. Like my mother had the dinner on the table every night at six o'clock. Daddy oh, was man. working. You had a breakfast every morning. You had a lunch. It was the same time. We had the same meal every day of the week. We knew what we were going to have to eat. It was mm. so highly organized. And life's not like that anymore. But for me, when you're coaching somebody, you're you're asking, please don't try and be perfect because there's no such thing as perfection. Mm. We have to do this based on the foods that you enjoy. Maybe add in a little bit more fibre and colour and vegetables. Maybe add in a little bit more protein. You probably need to cut down the three bottles of wine a week that you're drinking. That might not be good for the the, the night sweats and the, the menopausal hormones. But, you know, you're trying to be realistic sure. and to manage expectations and to realise you didn't get to 50 years of age or 40 years of age. You know, what you did didn't work or you wouldn't be where you are now. Mm-hmm. We've got to take a new approach. And thank goodness, you know, we have to take the time. And I think we get to the stage in our life where women are saying, no, I, I agree with you, Tara, you're right. You know, what I've done, I've spent a fortune over the years. I've dieted, I've lost maybe 20 stone in my years gone past yeah. and I've gained it all back. So I want to do it right now. I want to take the time. I want the support if I need it. And I want to know how to do this, not just now during the phase of which I'm going to diet, mm. but I want to know how to follow this through at the end I want to know how to live at this leaner lighter healthy weight and how to do it as my life changes and my yeah. decades I think that's on. another kind of issue that I have encountered over the years as I've kind of like I did take my foot off the gas a little bit when my, my son was smaller and stuff yeah. like that but when I got back into the workforce kind of on a more full-time basis yeah. when you know life just kind of kicked on a little bit and you know I got back out there socially and stuff like that and I found that, you know, eating at strange, like I was eating dinner at nine o'clock at night and stuff like that. Like it happens to most of us. It at does. Some point. And, and, and the reality is, SJ, that people think that's bad and mm. it's not bad. It's not bad. You know, your body doesn't know the difference what t- and the de- time of day that you eat from a sort of a body composition perspective. You know, your body only knows the amount of calories you're consuming in your waking day. Whether you eat those calories at nine o'clock in the morning or whether you eat them at nine o'clock at night is irrelevant when okay. it comes to your body composition and it comes to the amount of fat that you accumulate. Because yeah. a lot of women have, again, they're holding myths from slimming clubs from over the decades. Oh, yes. D- that, no, don't eat after yeah, seven. Or yeah. what's, the, what's the one that, that freaks me out? You, you can only eat between nine a.m. and six. Yes. And, and now we have intermittent fasting where women are actually not eating until maybe one o'clock in the day. And they're giving themselves three or four or five hour eating windows. And when you unpack it and, and say, so you're not eating your breakfast at 
nine, you're eating your breakfast at one, you're eating your lunch at three, and you're eating your dinner at five. So you're still eating the same calories, yeah. but you're putting it on the squash it all yeah. together. Does does that does that sound realistic? And by the time you get to one o'clock, you're so hungry you could eat the pattern of the plate. <laughs> so the reality <laughs> well, is, is that you're probably vibrating, you know. Yeah. You know, you're probably vibrating with hunger. And the likelihood is you're probably going to eat more calories even within that window. So ultimately, it's to do with the calories that you're consuming. Yeah. That meal timing and meal frequency is irrelevant. I always remember um, when I was in secondary school and they used to do the fast, the 24 hour fast. That's right for chocolate. <laughs> and I actually, you know, I used to get my mom to write a letter to the school because I, I didn't want I didn't want to say I just don't want to do it. I used to actually get my mother to write a letter and saying Sarah Jane can't do it because X, Y and Z every year. But like I remember the girls would be all like they'd be absolutely horsing the, the food into them. <laughs> like at nine o'clock at night and then getting up the next morning after having a full night's sleep getting up the next morning saying yeah I'm not going to eat till nine o'clock and like by the end of the day they were ratty they were upset yeah. they were yeah. it was just it was a horrible time yeah it is and and I think you know we've, we've created so many different what I would say buzzwords and marketing tactics to create something which fundamentally is eating less calories right you know and in order for women to lose weight they can eat less calories, but still have a life. They don't mm-hmm. have to jam it into an intermittent fasting protocol. They don't have to cut out carbs. Mm. They don't have to eat only proteins and fats. It's really important to eat a balanced diet, particularly at our age. You know, you need the healthy fats in your diet for hormonal health. So, like, what kind of negative things could happen to you then if you neglect that side of your diet? Well, if you're not um, eating carbs, then vegetables and fruit, mm-hmm. whole grains are carbs. And they're so important for our gut health, you know, Fiber's primary source of existence is to feed the good, good gut microbes, the good, you know, feed the good gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. And you want a proliferation of good gut bacteria because our immune function depends on it. Like 70% of our immune function lies along our digestive tract, which is directly wow. impacted by the amount of, of our diet and what we yeah. eat. It's not all contributed to that, but it has a huge and significant impact. And also bringing with that is your digestive health, mm. is the micronutrients, the, the you know, the vitamins and minerals that you get from eating carbohydrates. Um, you know, the the, 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 the <laughs> simple things like bile movements, you know, mm. that that volume and that that roughage that you get from eating fiber, it's almost like a it has a like it's called nature's broom. It has a sweeping effect through your digestive system. It helps move everything through. Mm. It helps Everything work as it should. Um, we also know that people who have a good gut health also have good mental health. You know, your gut and brain are inextricably linked. So if you're in menopause, emotionally not feeling great, um, you know, we know that there's a nerve runs from your gut to your brain. It's called the vagus nerve. It's the largest nerve right. in the body. And, you know, it's it's clinically proven that that is like a super information highway, which carries with it, you know, hormones um uh, you know emotions everything it is your gut and brain are linked so it stands to reason and you know yourself mm. SJ and I, I, I feel this myself when I'm not eating well I, and I feel when I'm eating crap I feel crap I don't yeah. have energy my mental health's not great um but when you're given your gut what it needs in terms of good fiber 
an abundance and a cross section of, you know, different types of plants, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, potatoes, bananas, porridges, all those everyday <laughs> foods that women think, oh my God, I can't, I can't eat spuds. Sure. Jesus Christ, spud is the devil. Oh yeah. The yeah. spud's the devil now. I love nothing more than a bowl of mashed potato, <laughs> so, yeah. a load of gravy on yeah, it. I actually was watching a, a cookery documentary there or a cookery show a couple of weeks ago and the chef used the same amount of butter in his mashed potato as he did potato. And it but do, do you know what, SJ? And, and people look at that and you, you, I have women coming to me and they won't eat spuds. You know, they wouldn't eat, um, you know, they wouldn't eat just ridiculous things. They wouldn't eat a banana because somebody told them that there's too much sugar in it. But yet they're knocking back three, four bottles of wine a week. Yeah. And, you know, biscuits by the barrel load. But it's got nothing to do with the wine. It's everything to do with the spuds. Oh, you yeah. know, it's the spuds that are yeah, the devil. Yeah. And I think we've everything has got lost in translation. We've lost, you know, we've lost the simple reality of it all is that we're, we have a highly processed, ultra processed diet. You know, we're consuming probably more alcohol than we should. We're consuming too much sugar, too many processed foods. And that contributes as well to poor mental health as well as poor physical health, poor mm. mental health. Um, and at some stage you have to take responsibility but a lot of women don't have the self-discipline around food and drink right. they just do not have it and I mean in a family setup, mm-hmm. is it possible to to kind of you know bring your family with you like Absolutely. I mean the, I suppose the, the question on my mind is you know is is a healthy diet for a menopausal woman also a healthy diet for a teenage boy? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. And and the funny thing is, is that... So you don't need to cook four dinners. We have so m- many preconceptions around mm. what a healthy lifestyle is. And you don't have to live like Mary Poppins. You know, you don't have to sit around the table every evening and eat a breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, you have to understand, first of all, what is health, you know. And, and a lot of my clients, they would say to me, I don't have time to prep food. And I was going, well, that's good because you don't have to prep food. I'm a mum of four. I'm running two businesses. You know, do you think I stand and prep food every day? Not a chance. Mm-hmm. I know what works for me in my life. I know what how busy I am. You've got to park the guilt. Yeah. And you've got to park these expectations that you think you need to have a healthy diet and get leaner because it's not like that. Mm-hmm. We have to look at your life. You know, we've got to look, do you cook meals every night? And most women don't. You know, it's usually a slice of toast in the morning, run to school and a bowl of cereal for the kids. And mm-hmm. there's no cooking required in that. It's easy, fast, convenient. And for me, it's about looking at what, you know, I would always get my clients to keep me a food diary. And I'm really, really, really passionate about family eating, family meals. Okay, what's that mean? Um, for me, I, I have a, you know, I've been to lots and lots of conferences and seminars around the people's relationship with food. Yeah. I think it's become very disordered. I think that especially if you have young kids at home, we know that sitting around the table in the evening and watching parents, especially the young girls watching their mothers, that's really important because that formulates a healthy attitude towards food. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of us maybe sit or stand and maybe on the phone, eating, standing up, you know, sitting around the table. You don't have to look like the Waltons, but even a couple of times a week, trying to get that time. And like I know my kids are all over the place and I and it, it's it's hard to get them to sit around the table. But even that once or twice a week, it's great. But it also from a young age, especially it's different, I think, when kids are older, they formulate their own habits and behaviours around food as well. Yeah. And they tend to mimic their parents, especially girls will mimic their mothers. 
It's a monkey yeah. do, monkeys, a monkey see, monkey do situation. I think um, as well when you're sitting down to eat food, you actually are conscious of what you're putting in your mouth as well. Yes. That's yeah. just something I found because I would very frequently be running here, yeah. there and everywhere yeah. and forget about that yeah. protein bar that I ate. But do you know what? That's okay as well. I don't feel guilty about mm. that, you know, because you could have in your handbag a protein bar and a piece of fruit and that's okay. You know, yeah. if that becomes your lunch or your breakfast, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's fine. Mm. And if you have to grab something in, in, in the local shop on the way home, you know, just look at it and go, well, that's beige. You know, it could be a, a lasagna. That, that's fine. Have the lasagna. But go get some beige. Go get some salad. Yeah. Add some colour onto your plate. There's nothing wrong with that. We've become so warped in how we see diet and what we think it should be that we've lost all sense of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm saying to clients, you know, what you're eating, your foundations are fine, your three meals a day are fine. It's the junk food you're eating around the meals yes. and between the meals and the half a packet of biscuits after your dinner and, yeah. you know, the overconsumption of alcohol is maybe the problem. And, and it's, it's about, for me, it's more about inclusion put more vegetables in, put more salad and maybe add in a bit more whole grains into their diet, put more vitamins, put a colour and send them, okay, let's, you know, let's knock the, the tea and biscuits from three times a day to maybe once a day. Yes. And then their weight starts to come down and then they're like, okay, right, it's really as easy as that and I'm going, I yeah, think, it is. Yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Inclusion as opposed to, you know. Exclusion, yeah. Exclusion, yeah. but inclusion of the, the right things. In- inclusion of the right things. So most women, you know, they eat main meals, that would, wouldn't fill a five-year-old, you know, <laughs> and then they wonder why they're, you know, rummaging around the cupboards and eating yeah. biscuits and junk <laughs> all day because they haven't sat down and had a filling meal. Yeah. And when somebody, especially women in their 40s and 50s, are trying to manage their weight, I'm saying, look, sit down with a fork and knife, you know, go and make yourself a sandwich, have a bowl of soup with it, you know, have some salad with it. You know, if you're going to make a, a sandwich, make it a bloody good one. Mm. As I says, make yourself a big Scooby snack, you know, have plenty of chicken <laughs> in there, have maybe some bacon medallions, have some lettuce, some, you know, tomatoes, oh, some salad, <laughs> give yourself a couple of lower calorie sliced bread, mm. you know, have two big sandwiches, Put the, cut them up, have a nice bowl of soup and you have a real high protein, lots of colour, lots of nutrients, for less than five or 600 calories. And they go, God, I didn't know if you could eat that. that. That would not be an awful lot of food. And I'm going, but you're missing the point. Yes, it's a lot of food. But because there's volume there, you're going to feel, number one, you're going to feel filler. You're getting tons of vitamins mm. and minerals. You're not going to be rummaging around the biscuit cupboard in 10 minutes because you're not, you're still hungry. You know, that's going to keep you going for hours. But you have a solid meal there and you're hitting every macro and micronutrient that it requires for human health. And you're less likely to, you're going to lose weight because... There's less calories in that than, say, you know, what you were eating beforehand, which might have been a ham and cheese toasty with a packet of McCoy's, McCoy's, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. And doesn't fill you. So that you're just trying to just let make people see a wee bit differently, SJ, around their diet and not not to overwhelm. People overwhelm and they overthink it. It's actually really, it's not easy, but it's actually simpler than what you think. Yeah. I think just before we finish up, um, you know, as a nutritionist and a PT, mm-hmm. you're very much like kind of looking after the physical aspect of the body, yeah. but it's actually the mental health. Oh, it's, it's mental a, health it's that a, you, it's you a, look it's after. Because as I said to you initially, women come to me because of a feeling they don't feel good. Yeah. And you're managing everything that has led them to that moment where they reached out for help. And it's usually, you know, they've gone through some emotional turmoil. It could be a trauma in their life. 
they've turned to food as their solace. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a very valid coping um, coping tool and self-soother. You know, the old crisps and chocolate and wine, you know, we have to eat. So we we, we, we almost lean into that to help soothe and we create a pattern. And you've got to find, you've got to peel it back. As I always say, a diet's like a sticking plaster holding back a dam. Mm. You know, this is not about the diet. This is about your habits and your behaviours. And why you've overeaten? Why? Why are you overeating? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's usually because of an emotion. Yeah, and it's usually because that person isn't sitting with the emotion and feeling it, and maybe unpicking it with a qualified psychologist or therapist. They're self-soothing yeah. with something like food, and and that that's why they get to me. So we have a team of psychologists work for us as well, and we really help people unpick that because that because the last thing you need to give somebody is another diet. Yeah, because that's not what they need. Yeah. So for you, I mean. I have to ask, job satisfaction. You you say that you changed up your career. What were you doing before? <clears throat> well, I was always um, I was always involved in sport. Um, but when I was 40, um, I had my daughter, um, Olivia, and I just could not. I was involved in the corporate world mm-hmm. and I just could not imagine myself getting into the car at, you know, 6, 6.30 a.m., four kids at home, you know, yeah. coming back in. I just thought I was, that was my sort of pivotal moment. And... I am the sort of person, I'm not afraid of change. I, I yeah. thrive a wee bit in change and I'm never afraid to make a decision. Um, if I think, I'll try it. And if I fail, so what I've learned, but, you know, I'll keep trying to get yeah. it right. And I thought, frigate, I've got to this stage in my life with four great, healthy, happy kids, I've a great husband, and I'm going to try this. So I was actually, I was training uh, friends of mine um, who were beauty therapists and hairdressers and one of them was getting married. And she ended up losing three stones. So I took wow. her into the gym and I formulated my own Tara Grimes <laughs> diet plan <laughs> and she lost weight. And she just kept saying to me, because everybody in her, yeah. her clients said, Jesus, how did you lose weight? Yeah. She's saying, Tara, help me. And she's Tara, you should become a PT. You do really well. So when Olivia was born, I think my hormones were through the roof. I was still breastfeeding. And my husband said to me, Tara, you should do this. You should think about it. And I thought, do you know what? Because I do not want to go into that rat race again. That is not me. And I did. I did a PT course. I then went back and did a master's degree. Wow. Yeah. Fair play to you. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, called going back now to education bitch. to me. <laughs> I have bitch. so much admiration for anyone yeah. who does that. I, when I started doing my, my degree, uh, when I left uh-huh. school and I was doing my degree, my mom went back to college and we actually graduated mm-hmm. Three years, both mm-hmm. was to three years. She she got a distinction. I didn't. Brilliant, <laughs> but that's brilliant. But, and and you have a whole new level of understanding, yeah. and you have a different work ethic. You're, you have to be a better time manager, mm-hmm. and you get it done. But yeah, I went back and retrained and started off doing one to one PT, and and it just completely snowballed. And for me now, like eighty percent of my clients are overseas. You know, wow. like I was calls this morning. You know, early early hours of the morning, you're calling people maybe in West Coast America, so. Northern America, Canada, United Arab Emirates, everywhere. So a lot of women from Ireland. It's amazing. I I absolutely love it. If I would say to any woman out there, age is not a reason for you to just merely exist. Get out, find something you love, do it. If it doesn't work out, so what? At least you'll be on your deathbed knowing that you've tried rather than living a half-fulfilled life. This might sound like a silly question after all that, but... Job satisfaction out of 10, where uh, would you rate it? Well, now there's days, you know, I want to pull my, you know, I'd rather stick hot needles in my eyeballs. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and lie. Yeah. There's days it's very, very challenging. Um, but I absolutely love it. My husband, you know, he's given up his career now to come in. There's, there's, but well, there's 13, 14 
of us now. We have a lovely team of coaches. We have a great team. Um, it's it's gone to places where I just couldn't have dreamed of as a forty year old woman with four young kids. Um, and I have so many other plans for it to take it to another place. And I absolutely love it. Um, the women I work with are amazing. They, you see it all, warts and all. They're real yeah. women with real challenges, high flyers, a lot of them high flyers, but the same challenges behind closed doors that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And I always believe, you know, behind everybody's closed doors, there's things going on that nobody knows about. Sure. I, and I, I, I am privy to those. And um, it's a privilege to be to be asked to help them in their, and change their body and their life. Thank you so much for oh, taking the time. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Evoke Inspire Her Business Empowering Women in Diverse Professions podcast sponsored by hermoney.ie. Be sure to subscribe for more inspiring stories and expert insights on thriving in various industries. Remember, financial empowerment begins with knowledge. Hermoney.ie helps you take control of your financial future. So why not visit hermoney.ie for more information? Until next time, stay empowered and inspired.